Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Long. With me, as always, my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, and good podcasting associate, Jacob Gloth. How are you doing today, Jacob? I am swell, Charles. How you, you got re- a steamy, hot pitch for us I've today? Got, I've got a good old sopping wet pitch for you. Oh. It's it's we're going back to our roots with this one, all right? Because I don't know if you how long you Space folks have been adventure. listening. Space <laughs> sitcom, right? That's that's oh. the just very much back to basics. Charlie and Jake doing an episode. Of, Is it Friends? But they're aliens in prison. It's not. It's there's only four of them. There's not six, so it can't be Friends. And they're not okay. in a prison. I mean, they're sort of in a prison. So I'll, I'll tell you the premise, right? There's a satellite station orbiting Jupiter, sending information back to Earth. But due to okay. climate disaster and internal conflict, Earth is destroyed. And Station 1560 is the last standing human civilization in the known universe. Wow, it's like 300. Yeah, so there's the only and there's only four good. people currently living on... Well, three and a half people currently living on station 1560 all right wow that's not enough to repopulate i mean it it is but it's not really it's not really especially when you have the first person living there is fed is frederick 17 a hardened engineering droid who has worked on ships and satellites his whole life you know right so yeah he's not even a person person. that's why he's i said three and a half he looks like a person you know we wouldn't have to get an actor to if, if we did this show we would get the actor to just like dress normal you know Yep. No robot prosthetics. But he's a, he's a hardened engineering droid, so he's been all around the galaxy, seen all sorts of crazy stuff, and he's kind of like a humbug, you know, sort of a dude. He's kind of grumpy and, and mean, you know, but he's also... So he's like a replicant in Blade Runner. Exactly. He's a, he's a robot, so he, you know, does all the menial labor, so he's kind of still pissed off about that, that even though... This these four you know beings are the last of humanity. He still is stuck with the shit work. He's like, oh, fuck me, you know. Makes sense, you know. Yeah, and so He's a robot. They're not. He he, he can <laughs> his body doesn't deteriorate. He can breathe in, in space. space and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. I hadn't even thought about that. When when they're like repairing the outside of the ship, all of the human characters have to wear uh, big clunky space suits that you know don't work very well because. They're in the Jupiter uh, uh, satellite, which is kind of where they send the layabouts and the bullshitters, you know? Because the, the, this yeah. this station is the farthest out from Earth, and it's kind of where you go if you're being punished. And so, you know, all the equipment's outdated and kind of doesn't work great, and so all of the other humans have to walk around in big clunky spacesuits, and he just gets to wander about outside in space free as a bird he doesn't care that's fun that's a good gag visual gag maybe that can be in our opening credits yeah our second character is pablo wisconsin a slow-witted botanist who is slowly evolving corn to live in space often finds himself wanting more from life he's kind of he's not very happy with his his lot in life and this is all oh really isn't isn't happy with living on a freaking space station yeah he's not happy with it he he's you know he's he's the Texas one who's he's the character who's got his his head in the clouds right he's he's constantly thinking about oh well you can do this we can do that we can blah 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 right and whereas Frederick is kind of the realist he's like no that wouldn't work no no you're an idiot no 
and uh, Pablo Wisconsin's his his is what his main goal is is to develop this this corn that will you know be able to survive and grow in space and so that's going to be kind of like a reoccurring element of the show is that he's always working and genetically altering this corn and it always uh, ends corn's going to be a monster well that is episode 2 is that there's going to be okay. a big monster made out of corn you know um, our our third character, Henrietta Fulcrum, a rude but knowledgeable ship captain who is confident that uh, humans are still alive, Earth is fine, and this is just a drill. So she is 100% confident that Earth isn't destroyed. This is just a drill to, f- to figure out if they would remain, you know, true to the code. So how do they Congress. know that Earth is destroyed? Is it just like a, got me around a message back, like they're all dead? I mean, they, they haven't got any messages back. They saw it's really it. far away. I don't think you could really see. I for Jupiter. Maybe, maybe you not. Can't see shit. I don't know. I've never been to space. Can you see Jupiter from here? No, but we have the atmosphere in the way. They're in a satellite. They don't have the atmosphere in the way, do they? That's true, but it's still pretty fucking small, ain't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess you got. Maybe they got a telescope. And they've they got telescopes over. and all sorts of things. You know, maybe they're they're like their favorite vloggers have stopped posting. Yeah. <laughs> That's so they assume society's gone. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and yeah, Henrietta is, she's rude. She's by the book. She's, you know, she knows stuff. She knows what's going on. She is probably the second most traveled member of the crew besi- behind Frederick. But Frederick is a robot, so he is at the bottom of the crew. You know, he's the least respected member. And she, you know, she's taken charge of the ship. And she's like, all right, we're still going to run our drills every week. You know, we're going to make sure that everything is tip-top shape. We're still going to be doing everything by the book. Even though all the other characters on the ship are like, that's stupid. Everyone's dead. No one's going to test us. Who gives a shit? All right? Yeah. And our final uh, character is Fiona Carlyle, a researcher who's working on turning human minds into robots. Right? That's her thing. Is that she's doing... Partially unethical research about turning, you know, human bra- wavelengths, human brain wavelengths into ones and zeros and then putting those ones and zeros into robots as to, you know, continue her existence and by extension, all of humanity's existence. So she is kind of the mad scientist character of the of the crew, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to Frederick 17 is the cynic. Pablo Wisconsin is the dreamer. Henrietta Fulcrum is the rule follower, and Fiona Carlyle is the mad scientist. That's kind of like how we are separating these four characters into their various, you know, tropes, let's say. And they are on, I said, uh, spation, spa, Space Station 1560, which is, which is, I think, a fun name. It has no external meaning. I just like the, you know, numbers 1560. I think they work very well together. Phonetically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? It's just my thought processes. So I'm going to read out to you the five episode ideas I have put together. And then we're going to try and, you know, brainstorm some ideas together. But how I've separated it is mostly two characters get into a you know a scuffle and then the they're into like some sort of a, a problem that they have to solve and that's the a story and then two characters 
the two other characters get into a much smaller, less, you know, important uh, problem that they have to solve, B-story, and then they come together at the end, as most sitcoms do. So episode yeah. one, the gang finds a probe with human achievements, like, you know, how NASA will send out probes with albums and stuff in it, right? Uh, as, you know, to space, for aliens to see. And floating through space. Henry and Pablo get in- obsessed with the future version of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And by Henry, I mean Henrietta. It's just easier to write Henry than Henrietta. And mm. Fred and Fioma become huge David Lynch fans. Right? So this episode okay. is... Uh, Henrietta and Pablo get really, really competitive over this... Uh, I-, I don't know how you want to do it. Could it be like a VR game, maybe? Like a VR version of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I want the I want the game to be super silly and not like super simple. Yeah, super simple. It's not like Call of Duty or anything where it's like intricate and and well designed. This has to be stupid, dumb, and super addicting, right? And they uh, get maybe it's like a maybe it's like a racing game mm-hmm. where it's like you have to get you have to you have to like. Um, you have to complete this course, but they only have the demos. There's only one course oh, that they yeah. have. That's good. I like and, that. Um, they're just trying to fight for the the best time on this course, mm-hmm. and they're each shaving off like 0.01 seconds each time. Yeah. So and- it's like you know, one person goes and they're they're like, oh, I did the course in, you know, uh, 45 seconds. The other person's like, I did it in 44.98, and it's just back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and there's one like. At the end, there's, you know, the score screen, and they show your names and everything, and there's one person who just has an impossibly low score that yeah. they, they can never reach, and so they just, these two, Henrietta and um, Pablo, just go nuts trying... Trying to beat it, yeah. Trying to beat it over and over and over again. They spend nights and days just, like, growing beards. They both grow big, you know, beards, even though Henrietta's a woman, because that's a fun visual gag. Uh, just obsessing over this game. And David Lynch uh, films become Fiona and Frederick's new... I'm not going to say religion. Their new obsession. They get super into David Lynch, right? So they watch all his movies, and then we have, like, a fun... Throughout the entire episode, they're just, like, recreating shots and scenes from his movies, but doing them kind of, like, badly and weird and dumb because, you know, David Lynch... It's kind of hard to understand. I don't know if you've ever watched a David Lynch movie, but they're a <laughs> little I ever watched? yeah. They're a little difficult to parse. It wasn't just for you, it was for the audience. The audience. Okay. I did quotes. Um but uh yeah, so they just get super into it and the the resolution to this episode is that uh what what would the good what would a good twist for this person who has you know incredibly low a high score that they can't beat what would be a good twist for that because i was thinking it was the ship's computer that just like found it before any of them put the you know got an expert score by doing like speed runs well it should just be one of the other characters that's like maybe makes fun of them for playing that game yeah or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they play it and like they've played it like one time and they just you know they have they're just unbelievably good at it and it's like there's no way that you'll ever be as good as that person maybe David Lynch or there's like crawls. a very simple cheat yeah like a way to glitch it mm-hmm. the speed running stats they like do like up up down that would be kind of fun if like that one 
if if one of the other characters, one of the characters that's doing the David Lynch thing, um, played it one time, found a glitch that you know pops them to the end, mm-hmm. right, right away, and now the characters that have been playing it the whole time are like infuriated because the person that's won did it through like a cheat way, and they have like this. I don't know this like respect for the competition now in the game mm-hmm. and like you're, you've just destroyed the whole scoreboard now because it's all based on a lie yeah yeah okay that's good yeah and we could have Frederick do it you know he just like using his vast robot intellect is able to figure out a very easy strat or maybe we could have it he like because he's also a robot and the you know the game's a robot he seduces the game decides to give it a, a you know, convinces it to give him the highest score. Yeah. Because we're going to be playing a lot with, you know, sentience and sapience and how, like, what sort of devices can be sentient and what can't. And I think it would be very funny if the video game, like, was just silent the entire, the entire 21 minutes of the episode and the final minute it's revealed that it's, it knows exactly what's going on. It's fully sentient and Frederick had seduced it by the time by the time it had gotten on board that would be good yeah and that's how Frederick got the high score and Fiona and Frederick they're just obsessed with David Lynch they love him they and then they watch like what's that one the one Twin Peaks movie that everyone hates I forget what it's called it's a TV show yeah but they made a movie and it was horrible like no one liked the movie everyone just liked the oh, TV I don't show know what it's called yeah, well, they watch that, and they're like, we're done with this, this is shit, and they throw it all out. And I think this episode would end with them deciding that their earthly obsessions, you know, ha- aren't healthy. And they're like, we have to... Uh, okay, s- so you have to you have to tie it in like that. Like, it's really, the David Lynch thing is all just a, you have to hint at it throughout, is all just like a like a way of getting over Earth, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, like it's too it's too much, you know? We'll never see. He'll never create anything again. He's dead. We're all dead. You know. Oh, we mm-hmm. have to get over it. And so they decide. Well, we'll. And so sit. the video games and the TV watching was all just like a big coping mechanism by all of them. So like the beginning of the episode, they'll find out Earth's been destroyed, and like then I, they're like. I was thinking okay, we did that in the, movies or something. in the theme song. We found out Earth is yeah. destroyed, and then we just start in medias rest with them being on the station and being like, yeah. "Ugh, this sucks." <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in the chronology, this is right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, the day of or day after or something. Mm-hmm. And they find, like, okay. the sta- this probe, and they're like, all right, we put, we'll pile all of the stuff back into the probe, you know, and we'll send it back into the universe. And hopefully future, ge- future you know, generations of aliens or maybe even some humans that survived will find this and be educated about our culture, right? And they launch yeah. it, and that's the end of the episode. You know, happily ever after. You know, they they go back and they have dinner or whatever. But our camera, we follow the probe as it goes through, and we see that they accidentally launched it into the sun, destroying the last piece of human culture that, that exists in the universe. Oh damn! And they're like, mm. and they don't know, but we're just like, yeah, that sounds about right. If you okay, okay, I like the gag, but you could also set up a future episode by having something grab it. Oh, that would be good, yeah. And you could have, like, this weird alien threat later that's, like, obsessed with David Lynch and this game. And, and yeah, they're, like, and coming to they're, they're coming to this space station because they need to find, like, uh, whatever, like, the three-letter, like, what... Um, like, 
What's Henrietta's last name? Henrietta Fulcrum. So it's like, you know, H-A-F. We have to find H-A-F because, you know, on the video game, yeah. it says H-A-F with this amazing time. We have to find the god that uh, got this time. Yeah. Maybe we could have it be like they launch it into the sun. You know, it's seemingly destroyed within the sun. But then later it's revealed that there's actually a race of weird aliens that live with inside of the sun. And this is the, you know, ah, this is the only thing they get, you know, that sun episode. I didn't see that episode. I I know that they did the sun thing, but I think it's it'd be better if they're like, you know, weird, horrible monsters. They're not just like people. Just terrible, like um, magma monsters that live in the sun, but they're sentient and they love video games. (laughs) They love they protect it. They put it in a little cool orb thing. Mm hmm. And And they they play it all day long. Mm hmm. And they still haven't be, been able to beat uh, Henrietta's uh, score. Yep. Can't figure it out. Yeah. And so that that could be a threat that shows up later in the season or even season two. Could, that would be a good Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, first episode of season two is a callback to the first episode of season one. That could be fun. Yep. All right, episode two. Uh, Pablo develops a race of corn men who attempt to take over the station. At the same time, Fred has a cleaning competition with the onboard computer, right? So, the main story of this episode is going to be Pablo uh, builds this, you know, he's, he's putting the last finishing touches on his beautiful genetically modified corn, and they, you know, stick it in the, you know, advanced growth vat or whatever we call it. We'll come up with some fucking sci-fi name for it. That causes the corn to grow super fast, and it's too fast, and the corn starts to grow like hands and arms and a face and a body. And at first, Pablo is so excited. He's like, finally, someone I can, you know, talk to and communicate with that isn't one of the three other fucking people that live on the station. But eventually, this corn becomes disillusioned with Pablo's, like, way of thinking and acting, and he thinks, like, ah, fuck this, and he just, like, grows more corn men. Yeah. And then the corn men, like stage a revolt and take over the station and we can have it be like a sort of mongol tribe where they live inside you know uh and there's like they live inside the station there's these huge like thrones that the main the first corn man sits on and all this stuff and like they have corn women doing dancing and they have like corn men who've committed crimes be beheaded and all this oh, stuff. they're in like a really they're they're in like a very early tribal society Ex- that you're saying yeah exactly they're like the dothraki in game of thrones that sort of thing and then uh henrietta fiona and pablo are the only ones who are like they're, they're normal people and they're like hiding and they're refugees within their own station and they're trying to like avoid the corn men and at the same time uh frederick and the onboard computer like Frederick is ta- is complaining about the humans to the onboard computer because he thinks that she's the only one who's going to understand what he's saying. And he's talking about, like, oh, I'm the best cleaning droid on this side of the, you know, nebula something some whatever. Let's say the crab nebula because I like the crab nebula. I'm the best cleaning droid on this side of the crab nebula, but, you know, uh, I- I've been doing it for 40 years and I feel like uh, I'm sick of it. I want to do something else. And then the computer goes, well... You're the second best cleaning droid on this side of the Crab Nebula. Second best? Yeah, I'm the best cleaning droid. And so even though Frederick is... He's sick of cleaning. He's sick of being a a cleaning droid and a maintenance droid. He's like... Yeah. 
the second someone claims that they're better at that than him, his love for it is reignited. And he's like, well, you want to have a fucking competition, right? Let's go. And uh, there's all this, you know, it's just like a comedy cleaning competition where they're like, all right, we spilled ketchup all over this. Let's see who can clean it the fastest. And Frederick wins some. The onboard computer wins some. So it's at a draw, and they're like, well, the only way that we can clean the whole station is with an extreme and quick, uh, uh, what do you call it? Bath of radiation coming from the nearby sun. And so they open up all, like, they remove all of the, uh, radiation protection, and they haven't even noticed the corn men at this point, and the second that all of the heat that comes from the sun, uh, goes into the station all of the corn men all are immediately into turned into popcorn and yeah. just be you know the by just sheer coincidence the place that fiona henrietta and pablo were hiding was safe from the radiation so they're fine and they have a big co- popcorn feast and that's the that's the second episode and i, I want to have these corn men be real weird looking you know yeah like a normal human face like it. but it's made entirely of corn Mm-hmm. And we can even have them like screaming as they're being popcorned, and then it's like the little popcorns each has their own sentience, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they just eat them because they don't care. They don't give a shit. Sentient popcorn. Yeah. yeah, I like it. You could have that in a future episode. You could be like, "Hey, do we have any sentient popcorn left?" And he's like, "Yeah," like if they're watching a movie or something. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, we didn't know that they could breed. Like they open up a, you know, they put the rest of the sentient popcorn in a special like container you know just thinking oh we'll leave it for a special you know for a special occasion yeah. they're like oh shit we didn't know we it could breed and they open it up and like millions and millions of tiny popcorn men and women come out and they've all got like spears and knives and cannons and stuff that they've but been they're building. all popcorn so you know it's really small so yeah. they just pick it up and eat it yeah and then the I think st- a good way of killing them is to drown them in butter yeah yum butter and salt Yum, 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 yum. I love popcorn. It's one of my favorite snack foods. <laughs> nope, That's unrelated, good. but it is one of my favorites. Uh, I got I got an episode idea. Oh, let's hear it. So you got the onboard computer, right? Mm-hmm. So I think at the beginning of one of these episodes, um, someone should be in an argument with the computer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe a direct parallel would be good for my idea here. Let's have... Um, who, who do you think is the most prideful of this group? I would say Henrietta is the most prideful. Okay, Henrietta is playing chess against the computer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Henrietta loses and gets very upset. And uh, she goes into, like, the storage room, and she pulls out this other AI they have, and she uh, replaces yeah. the onboard computer with this other AI. Because she's it. like, you know, we don't need you, you stupid computer. Like, we got another AI that came up, you know, that Earth shipped us. Before mm-hmm. the collapse, and so um, she puts this new AI in, and it's a two. It's like 2001: Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Like they've got this um, AI that's like the the new one is like this corrupt AI that um, is continually wrong about things and is like trying to get rid of the humans to protect itself. Yeah, and 
they they do the whole thing just like in 2001 Space Odyssey where they try to pull up the memory banks, but the computer is not an idiot because mm-hmm. it's like, I've seen that movie. I'm not going to, yeah, you know, I've got idiot. the data of that. I'm not going to let you in there. And the way that they solve it is by uploading the other AI at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they have like a AI fight Big in the AI ship. Fight. And so like the ship, the whole, like the humans on the ship and the Frederick, the robot are like running around trying to avoid like all this stuff trying to kill them on the ship because these two ai are like fighting yeah like in the same ship like the ship will be fighting itself yeah i love that that's great are you sure you've never seen red dwarf uh no i haven't because that is like almost exactly an episode of red dwarf it's a good idea i like it a lot but yeah there's a ship ai in red dwarf and it's like He's like, oh, you guys don't appreciate me. You know what? You want to replace me with a better AI? Go for it. And they replace him with a better AI, and it's it's much, much worse. It's a different twist ending, but I like that idea a lot. That would be fun. Well, I was just, I mean, I, that was just a parody of Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume they, they, they parodied the same thing, so. Yeah, I think so. Unless Space Odyssey came out before. When did Space Odyssey come out? This is unimportant. Definitely before. Well, when did it come out? In the 70s? Red Dwarf definitely parodied 2001 Space Odyssey. I, yeah, I know that, because Red Dwarf is still going, and, and 2001 Space Odyssey is not. But I want to know when it came out. 1968. 68. Okay, they definitely parodied it. I thought it was yeah. 80. I, thought it I don't know why you didn't think I thought it came out in the 80s Such. for some reason. I'm sorry. Should be. All right. Pablo and this is episode three. Pablo and Fiona decide to celebrate Halloween by constructing a murderous robot that will chase them around the ship. Right. It's not. No. They just they decide like, oh, we're not going to make it actually murderous. You know, we're only going to make it pretend that it's going to murder us. But we want to, you know, have a real Halloween experience that's spooky and scary, you know. Uh, So they build this giant Jason Voorhees esque robot. And, you know, Pablo builds him a, a kind of crazy plant brain, and Fiona builds him a crazy robot body and all this stuff. You know? And, and they're like, ah, oh, this is fun. Ha 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 ha. Until things go horribly wrong. And Frederick and Henry, Henrietta, decide to go to a nearby moon and find a secret romantic getaway. That's, that's the B, B story. So A story, Pablo. They're, they're together? Huh? They're together? Well, they, they stumble upon a secret romantic getaway, right? And so it's just kind of a, you know, that, that the B story is kind of like them getting together. But, you know, they're both horribly ashamed because Frederick is like, ugh, I had sex with a human. Disgusting. And Henrietta is like, this is a complete... Uh, abuse of my power as the ship's captain. This is blah 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 blah. blah. So it's you know it's the it's the classic comedy of sitcoms when two of the main characters of the sitcom have sex and then they have to deal with that for, throughout the entire show. You know? Yeah. Classic. Joey had sex with um uh uh what's her name Rachel. <laughs> classic one of those. Um, but Pablo and Fiona celebrating halloween's kind of the is the main story so they construct this murder bot and they're having fun ha 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 yeah blah blah and then you know it's a whole thing they watch horror movies together it's a we can have a montage of them getting chased around it can be scooby-doo-esque where they go in one door and they come out door on the opposite side of the hallway blah 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 you know fun 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 things like that 
until a solar flare hits the planet, or hits the satellite, and the robot's weird plant brain is affected by the solar flare as well as its body, and the, you know, safeguards to keep it from actually murdering them are taken offline, and they are actually within, you know, they're stuck inside the space station with a murderous robot and no way to destroy it because Fiona decided, like a crazy person, to build an almost nearly indestructible robot that would kill them, you know, if given the chance, because she's nuts. And so they have to use all of the knowledge that they gained by watching all these old horror movies and stuff, right? To avoid this murderous robot. And the, you know... And the central gag is that it's for Halloween, and so the robot will stop functioning at the end of Halloween, like, you know. Oh, so they just have to make it to the end of the night. They have to make it till the end of the night, but they have to spend the whole night, you know, avoiding being stabbed or shot or exploded or anything. And maybe we can have this episode be they both end up getting together. Like, Frederick and Henrietta and Fiona and Pablo both end up getting together. Because that would be fun, I think. If they both, at the end of the episode, they both meet, you know, the two pairs meet up with each other and like, so what'd you guys get up to? Oh, nothing. They were both like, uh, nothing, nothing. We didn't do anything. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Stop it. You know? Um, I don't, I don't, maybe this might not be the best time for that because the whole episode is them running from the monster. So are you saying like they're going to be running from the monster and then they're both going to have these like reprieve where they're going to to bang yeah to find their relationships randomly in the middle of this chaos it feels weird it's not a relationship they're just banging but that's a horror movie trope is that people bang at the ex- exact wrong time you know okay it's a trope on horror movies but it, it, you know I agree I, I, I'm agreeing with you Jake maybe it's not the best time for that but maybe it is who knows I don't know you've never been chased by Jason Voorhees if we were no, being chased by Jason Voorhees, can you honestly say you wouldn't try and kiss me at least once? I would probably uh, let you die. Oh, but you didn't say you wouldn't kiss me. So that's now. I think that would be my plan. I'd be like, I could probably run faster than Charles. You and could, that's all I really need to do. I don't need to run faster than the monster. You could definitely run faster than me. That's, that is a fact. A hundred percent. So I, I think I'd be all right. Yeah. Make it. But I feel like Jason Voorhees wouldn't stay. He'd kill me, and then he'd just kill you also. Nah, I think I think he'd be so busy killing you that I could get away. Okay, well, thanks, buddy. I don't even get a kiss. I just get murdered. You just get to die. Maybe the robot will kiss you. Oh, that would be great if the robot gave me a big smooch. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted in my life. To a big smoke okay, from a so, robot. Any other episodes? <laughs> oh yeah, I have two more episodes. Um, there's episode four where uh, Henrietta and Fiona begin a band, but find their music is only listenable for the extremely intoxicated. Right? People hate like that. Uh, Frederick and uh, Pablo hate their music. The computer hates their music. It's fucking horrible and unlistenable. But for some reason. Whenever somebody is drunk, it becomes more listenable. And so they decide, well, we're going to intoxicate the entire ship in order for them to enjoy our music, you know, so that we can get some some, some points. People like us more if, if they like our music, you know? And this leads yeah. to a situation in which, obviously, they get, they get Pablo drunk. They affect um, 
Frederick's programming in such a way that he's basically drunk, and they get the ship's computer drunk, which Henrietta thinks is a step too far, but Fiona's like, it's fine, whatever. And that causes the ship to spiral out of control and almost crash into the planet, and they have to, you know, get kind of... It's like an episode of... You know when you're drunk, and you're drunk, but you're the most sober person in your f- friend's group, and you just kind of have, yeah. have to, like, sheepdog, like, guide everyone into doing what they're supposed uh-huh. to do? It's like that. So Fiona and Henrietta have to, like, guide all the rest of the crew, because they're so incredibly intoxicated into, like, doing what they're supposed to do, because Frederick's the only one who knows how to do, you know, I don't know like recalibrate the gravitational field that's keeping them from plummeting to Jupiter and Pablo is yeah. the only one who can like normalize the oxygen levels inside the ship and all that stuff right so they have to like it's just a, a drunken charade of trying to make sure they don't die and Henrietta's super fucking like scared because it's like oh my god if we die like this I'm gonna get such a bad like score from my uh, commanding officer back on Earth because again she's yeah. not aware that she doesn't believe that Earth has been destroyed and so that's that's the major thrust of this episode there's no twist ending they just successfully get it they get the ship back into into orbit and then they you know Henry uh, uh, what's his name Frederick and Pablo and the ship's computer wake up super hungover and they're like what happened and Obviously, Henrietta and Fiona don't take responsibility for what they've done. They say, oh, yeah, you three got super drunk and nearly killed us all. Luckily, we were here to save the day. And then the ship's computer pulls up the video surveillance of what happened the night before. And, you know, they get in lots of trouble. Classic ending to a sitcom episode. Pan out as people start yelling. It is a surprisingly high number of, of sitcom episodes that end like that, which I think is funny. Yeah. And uh, last, but surely not least, episode five. A ship carrying a lone human is found floating out in space. But the ship is also carrying this enormous creature. Like, unfathomable horror. It's like an alien and a troll and a monster all put together. You know, like a werewolf and... And a Geiger's alien and a big troll. You know? Think about that stuff. All put together in one thing. And there's just a guy on the ship. And so they are trying to, like, figure out why is this guy here on this ship alone? Is he the last, you know, did he escape Earth? Blah, blah, blah. And the monster, you know, is secured on the ship. You know, we don't have to worry about it. But guess what? You say what? When I say guess what, what? you say what? Why? Uh, they have to worry about the monster because the monster escapes from its shackles and oh, starts no. wreaking havoc across the ship. And they're like trying to get information out of this human who's survived and he's just like not being very cooperative. He doesn't know anything. He's just seemingly just like a complete idiot who just managed to find his way onto a spaceship. You're like, oh god, this guy's an idiot. I hope he doesn't become a permanent member of the crew because he's so stupid and useless. You know, so they end up defeating the monster. We can come up with a fun way for them to defeat the monster. My my initial idea was they lock him in an airlock and, you know, 
shoot him out in the space alien style, but that's not yeah. really fun sitcom-y style comedy, so let's think of a fun thing. Which they did the opposite. Um, they all got in the airlock in spacesuits, uh, shot themselves out. Yeah. The monster's still in the station. And, uh... What if they release... Uh, well, oh, sorry. They need. We need to find a way to get the monster to die then. It'd be silly if we just did, like, the radiation thing again or something like that, or they release some sort of gas or something. What if they release the popcorn, the sentient popcorn from its prison? And that kills them. And that yeah. it's like a war between, like, all these tiny, like, pieces of popcorn and this huge monster. And it's just like, oh, my God, you know, obviously classic gag. We have all of the characters standing outside in their spacesuits looking through the window in at the battle. We don't see the battle as the audience. We just watch the characters and they're like, oh my god, this is so awesome and visually spectacular. It's so, oh my god, he just ripped that guy's head off. Well, we had the budget for this. Oh, jeez, if this was an animated space sitcom, they probably wouldn't be able to show this because it was so expensive and cool. Jesus Christ, all the popcorn just crawled down his throat and exploded out of his guts. That's awesome. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then we go back. They find the monster, the the human that they found. He's, like, stopped his mindless babbling, and he's sort of come to, to his senses a little bit. And then he walks over, and he mind melds with the monster, and they both turn into this gelatinous fluid that sits on the ground, you know? They, like, stick their heads together, and it's like a, a wave of energy emanates from them. And then the all the four main characters look back, and it's just... Now it's just a gelatinous pile of goop. And Frederick looks up, and he's like, What the fuck was that? Yeah. End credits. <laughs> uh, it was... Re- it, it'll be revealed that they're some sort of a weird... What's a symbiotic uh, machine? They're both uh, made out of nanobots. One is a human that will infiltrate, and the other is a monster that will destroy. And if one is destroyed, the other is destroyed. You know, so it's a it's a symbiosis relationship. And they never actually found a human. The human was just a, a robot that had its memory banks destroyed because you know maybe it, its memory banks were stored on Earth and then transmitted via satellite and now all the satellites are gone and all the memory banks are gone and he's just a sad robot and that's the end of the five episodes I have written down yeah I like it let's think of some more episodes let's think of at least one more together as pals as pals well um you've done most of the the parodies you know we got Space Odyssey we got Alien Mm mhm We've got all that stuff yeah. sort of uh, well, tucked away. I had an idea for a crossover. Oh, I'm so, here for it. I have a show that I did a while ago in like, you know, 80 or 90 um, called Post Marsdom, where I had characters uh, on Mars mm-hmm. land these like, you know, colony ships for like this show. survey mission on Mars. Um, it was like a allies colony and like an like a um russia or ussr colony Mm -hmm. and then earth erupted into like a you know a absolute nuclear war yeah right as they landed essentially and so they're like the last vestige of civilization on mars and so you got the back and forth between these two things and i think it'd be funny if uh 
we had some sort of meetup between these two because they, they, the universes are similar enough mm-hmm. where you could theoretically have them be in the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Earth was canon. destroyed. They could be in the same thing. Yeah. So um, we either have our Mars people use their ship to come up to Jupiter mm-hmm. or we bring our Jupiter boys to, to Mars. I would say we, like, maybe we can have a, a thing where uh, Fiona and Pablo being the, or Fiona and Frederick being the only engineers on the ship have been building a exploratory vessel for the entirety of, of the time they've been there to, to you know, go around to nearby planets and stuff. And they receive, you know, a, uh, a distress beacon or something from from Mars and they decide to go check it out. And it's like, you yeah. know, that's how our, our, our two shows, they cross over. And it can, and we have, you know, some sort of fun sitcom adventure uh, with the two and then it ends with our, our Mars people or our Jupiter people going back to their space station and being like, God, other people suck. We're just gonna stay here. This is horrible. They're horrible down there. Uh, the show is called Martian Madness. Actually, Martian Madness. Yeah, that's post- another show we had. Marsdom was a different. Post Marsdom was like Apocalypse on Mars and Fall of One Guy. Oh yeah. Um, this oh is yeah. Martian Madness is the is the show I was talking about with the NATO and the USSR. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think would be fun is we had two characters. One joins like the oh yeah they switch uh, uh, NATO side and one and two join the the USSR side mm-hmm. and we have them like you know really indoctrinated into like the ideology and stuff yeah they're like you know going up against each other pablo and henrietta join the ussr and uh fiona joins nato and frederick decides to like he has a whirlwind romance with a you know a a robot that they have there you know like a service droid that makes drinks or whatever (laughs) yeah something something funny and and b Mm story-esque yeah that would be fun I, I can't remember the characters' motivations from Martian Madness, so I can't like come up with an idea for an episode. But that would definitely be a good start. Was that- I remember I had two like two 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 fuck ups on the Allied side, so they they can sort of um, they can sort of you know hang out with Frederick or something. That that'd be fun if there was just like a like a. Like, we have the, the two fuck-ups on the Allied side mm-hmm. hang out with, like, a fuck-up or, you know, someone that's less involved or not going to be involved in the fighting on the on, the, on this side yeah. of, the, like, uh, of the Jupiter the, people. Yeah, and they, the they just go off and have, like, a little silly B-story adventure. Yeah, where they um, have to, like... Where they're trying to find, like, you know, beer or something. Because they're like, well, we're hanging out. We found these people. We got we to gotta bring them beer. And he's like, I'll help you find beer. Yeah. And so they're trying to find beer on I Mars. I was literally Something about silly. to suggest that they all start a brewery together on the ship. It'd be like the, the longest brewery run ever. Yeah. Like they're going across Mars trying to find ingredients that could possibly be beer. That might that be. That could be a fun little thing. And then you go back and you have like the A story is like this war between the two allied and the uh, Axis side. And they're like, or Axis side, the USSR side. And uh, they're like, you know shooting at each other even though they're like they're like wait weren't we just you know friends a minute ago yeah, and a, this we live together space station yeah it'd be fun i like that a lot um that's that's pretty much my show uh the the title i had uh thought out which isn't very well thought out is air force dumb instead of air force one it's air force dumb oh 
but that's not really that's space. It's pretty rough, yeah. Yeah, it's not really spacey. I couldn't really think of a good... What was the name of the station again? Uh, space, uh, Station 1560. Uh, you could just call it Station 1560. Yeah, maybe just call it fa- Station 1560. That's better than Air Force Dome. Yeah, it is. It is better than Air Force Dome. But the whole point of this show is to Nobody's have... Nobody's stupider than Jupiter. That's... See, there you that's go. title. That's why <laughs> that's I pushed you. That's, that's the gold we're looking for. Yep. But yeah, Station 1560, I think, is a is a straight-ahead enough title that it works. But also, you watch it, and it's like, this might be funny. Who knows? But yeah, that's, that's the show I had for this week. Um... I don't know what song would play at the end. Probably a song that we had made for the show, right? Because we can't afford the rights for anything. Uh, well, I mean, theoretically, if we had a TV show, um, we would have money and rights. Yeah, but for this show, this this is not a show that would require a lot of money. We recommend real songs all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Think of a real song then. Hmm. It's your job. It's your show. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I a show, can't. a song for it to end. We don't even have an ending episode. What do you mean? I mean, it's a... What's the last episode? It's a sitcom. It never ends. It just goes on and on and on and on. What's the song you want, then? You you want the theme song? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's just play the theme song at the end. Okay, so the theme song. Yeah. Um, Okay. It should be a... I think the... the end? At the end? So at the end of every episode, you want the same song, so it'd be the theme song. The, The song thing that we do is related to, like, you know, if it's a dramatic show, it's like... You know, oh, the guy dies, and he's in the, he's fucking laying in the fucking ocean, and we're panning out as we're looking at his body, and this song plays, yeah. you know? It makes sense in that situation, not just, what's the song that plays at the end? We don't have an episode, you know? I mean, it's, it is kind of difficult to think of for a sitcom, is what song plays at the end. It's not, you just need an episode. Okay, so if you're doing the fucking Halloween episode, it ends um, with them all outside the spaceship watching the corn massacre yeah the uh thing the popping what's the song that plays the popping um let's have it be living dead girl by rob zombie that's a very halloween song okay yeah that's the song that's the song everyone <laughs> damn we're, we're fucking almost 140 episodes in and i had to explain to him what the whole song thing is and it was his idea to start off with he got so mad insanity of course I'm mad at you. What the hell, man? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Very Reasonable Pilots podcast. I've been your host, Charles Lung. With me, as always, my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, and song reminder, Jacob Gloth. If you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, please give us a like, a follow, a subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, tell your cat. And don't forget, we love you. I love you. Jake doesn't. No, we don't. He's told me on many occasions. He he loathes I hate you. Everyone here, you and Charlie. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>